Welcome to the Live Your Dance Podcast. My name is Molly King, and I'm a former corporate working girl turned author, dancer, and coach. Each week we come together to celebrate someone who has found their metaphorical dance and listen to their insights in order to inspire you to find and live your dance. Thanks for tuning in and joining me today. Now, let's dance. Hey guys, this is going to be an awesome episode. I'm really excited for you to listen to it. Alexis Garra and I actually met last year in a leadership group that we were both in for several months. And from day one, she was definitely a standout. I've really enjoyed getting to know her through the program and and ever since. And I was so grateful when she seriously supported me last year when I was having kind of a a pretty big breakdown before I performed at the U.S. Open Swing Dance Championships. She is an amazing coach, a perceptive listener, a transparent and authentic leader, a workhorse, and an extremely talented woman and actor in so many ways. I can't wait for you to meet her if you haven't already. In this episode, we dive into all the factors that have contributed to her being able to live her dance all her life and what she does to continue being able to live it today. She's been on Broadway performing on Wicked and in Fosse, and most recently she's been on ABC in the series Mixology, and you'll see her soon on ABC's Recovery Road. What I love about this episode is that we get a sneak peek at what life is like as an actual working or sometimes not working actor, and how Lex prepares for her roles, how she finds herself in the craft, the reality behind the camera, and how she maintains her emotional sanity through all of it. And I have a feeling this is definitely only the beginning for her. Just a quick note about the audio, you guys. Because of several technical difficulties, we ended up recording this via telephone. So I apologize in advance for any lack of clarity or any overlaps in the audio. I'm definitely working to improve my recording studio for future episodes. But thanks for hanging with me. I know that even as I was editing this, I found that I forgot about any audio faux pas because Lex is top notch. She brought her A-game for this. So without further delay, let's go ahead and dive in. I am here today with my good friend Alexis, and we have had an amazing last year together. We were both in a leadership group and got to dive in and grow together for several months, and she is one of my favorite people. I admire her work. I admire her her philosophy on life and the way she attacks it, and it's just it's a beautiful thing to see. So... You are definitely one of my top people that I wanted to be sure and include on this. I'm so glad that we finally get to do it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Well, awesome. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) It's awesome. I love that you're doing this. Of course, you know, anything, live your dance. It's funny because I wrote a blog last year or two years ago that was called Live Your Dance. Really? I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was before I, I think it was before I knew you guys, so 
Yeah. So meant to be. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love the title. <laughs> That's great. I'm so excited to have you on. And one thing that I love about you, Lex, is that you've had such a wide variety of experiences with your mm-hmm. career and your life that have shaped you. And I feel like one thing that I've seen as a thread is that even the hard, challenging chapters of your life have contributed to sculpting you as a person, as a human, as a woman, as a leader, as a, an actress, um, mm-hmm. and in your work. And I would love to dive into your story a little bit. And for those who okay. don't know you, would you mind sharing just kind of a little background of where you've come from and what you're up to today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I, my background is literally Hispanic and Floridian. Um, okay. My, my family originated in Spain, and my father's from Argentina. So that's my ethnic background. My personal background is in dance. So I, I like as, a, as an artist, my artistic background, I guess you could say, I started dancing when I was two years old, and um, the story goes that my mom took me to this local dance studio, and I guess there was a class going on, and I like walked into the class. She was signing me up, and I walked into the class, Nobody really saw me do it, and I start. I just like went up into the mirror while this other class was going on and started posing in front of the mirror. <laughs> in front of the mirror. <laughs> at it does fit. It does fit. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. um, that was my, and I haven't looked back since then. That's that's been. I've been married to dance for my whole life, mm-hmm. and there has never been, never really been a breakup. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that's so, awesome. Yeah, so my background is from dance, and it really, I mean, it really has being a dancer and somebody who expresses themselves through movement has been a defining thing definitely for my whole life. My career Mm -hmm. path has gone from, I went to a four-year university, I went to Yale, where there wasn't an actual, like, dance program, which wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. I, I knew that I wanted to kind of explore other areas, I actually thought I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. I was also a big Whoa. biology person because I obviously like loving the human body and my, my mother is a psychologist. And so I was also very much into learning the brain. But I didn't really have um, the passion and the drive and the discipline in that area. And so I quickly shifted to a theater major. <laughs> Quick <laughs> my mother's disappointment. Um, <laughs> but my my after after a while at Yale, I took a semester off, and I had been doing these summer programs um, called Broadway Theater Project that Anne Ranking was doing, and um, I was basically selected to replace one of the swings, which I'll explain what that is, on the first national tour of Fosse out of this program. And she basically, Anne Ranking, who, those of you who don't know Anne Ranking, is is a famous Broadway actress and dancer and one of Bob Fosse, who is a EGOT. He's won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Not all in the same year, but there's not very many EGOTs. So she was one of his muses and worked with him. And so I was working with Anne, and um, she pulled me in the stairwell and said, and she has this sort of like a very kind of gruff voice, and she said, how would you like to go 
how would you like to be on Saucy? And I was like, oh, my God. So, I, I mean, it was, it, was, it was definitely one of the top five moments of my life, and I, I don't really remember much, but I remember scrambling after, you know, calling my dean and trying to figure out how I could take a semester off um, and, yeah. and come back to school. So my path took me via um, uh, college to New York, where I really pursued musical theater. Mm-hmm. It was what I wa- I loved to sing and dance, and so yeah. I did uh, the ensemble of several Broadway shows. And an ensemble um, is basically like a, a chorus. I was part of the um, uh, the core group, right? The core, yeah, the chorus called the chorus. Like in, in it's a little bit different in film and TV because. Um, the chorus is some is more. It can be background at sometimes. It can be some of the main people who are just a part of the scene. But and what's cool in musicals is that the chorus is is really um, to me it really makes or breaks the the musical. And mm-hmm. we're the people that that create the whole mood and the tone and not only support the leads and, and carry the story, but um, there's always like a lot of dancing and there's always a lot to do as a chorus member. So I loved it. <laughs> I did that yeah. for six years. Wow. And I moved to LA and I started pursuing TV and film and here I am. So that's like a very brief background. Yeah. Yeah. Of me. yeah. And so here I am now in Los Angeles. Awesome. <laughs> well, and I, <laughs> It's been so exciting to see your journey in the last year even because um, I know you got to be on the pilot of Mixology and now you have a cover mm-hmm. road coming up. And this, I know it's not always easy, especially as an actor trying to book work, having work, and then it's just kind of a quiet period and then you get some work and then quiet. So that being one of the mm-hmm. major threads of, quote, unquote, yeah, of actor life, how do, how do you deal with those kinds of periods? Um, I'm actually so glad that that's a part of what you ask. Um, and it, it's funny because it reminds me, um, I did, before I answer that question, I'm just going to kind of do a little slight throwback. Um, sure. I did a I did a podcast for a friend of ours, Lewis Howes, who mm-hmm. um, I know, obviously, you know, right when I was kind of in the thick of the press and the hype of mixology, Right, and I remember listening. The only to reason, it. yeah, and the only reason why I I point that out is because it, is that that podcast for that period of of, of of my life was like a defining kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, a defining moment for me to kind of piece all of that together in that interview. And mm-hmm. I haven't done one since then, and I'm glad I'm doing this now because what I w- would love to say to your listeners is I hadn't really really gone through the challenging period that I, I hadn't gone through the challenging period that I didn't know I was about to hit. <laughs> that makes sense. So in other yeah, words, yeah. I, I, the last time I was interviewed uh, was in, in a lengthy way. It was on a high period of my life. Yes. And I'm still on a high, but it's in a little bit of a different way. And so my, before, so that, I just wanted to preface that. Sure. So the challenge after mixology and the hype of it, um, we didn't get a second season and, my initial reaction was like, that's okay. Like, it was a 50-50 chance, and I was really ready for either way. But what happened is um, a couple really big things happened right after that, but then I went through a period of almost seven months not working. Wow. And I hadn't gone that long without working in a really long time. 
and yeah. it was other areas of my life were really flourishing. And so one thing I learned about myself is I'm, I sometimes miss the, like if we're talking about the dance of life in every, in every, in every piece and every dance in life in general, there are times where it's go, 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 go. And there are other times where, you know, the, like the waves of the tide pulls back, where the music slows down, where you have to catch your breath in between things. And I didn't realize that I could just let myself be in one of those periods. And I remember a friend of mine who isn't a particularly like friend that I talk to all the time, but a close friend, she, she's known me for a long time, but I had a very quick five-minute call with her at one point. We were organizing something for another friend. And she said, it just sounds like you should just kind of enjoy that you're not working right now because you know you're going to get work eventually. And how nice to, to be able to just be a breather. in a space yeah. of relax and a breather. And I just like, I, I had not thought about it like that. So I think to answer then your question as an actor, it's definitely a challenge to go through periods of time where one is not working. And I don't think there's an answer to it. I think for some people, those times um, can be very stressful because of money. And so my, my, my one thing that I would say is, to, is that it's important to either have savings that you can live on during that time or another mm-hmm. source of income that comes into you that you've developed. You know, for me, it's teaching. For some people, they do other, you know, side businesses or, right. you know, whatever it is that you can do. So that's, the number, that's one thing is that, that for financial reasons, it becomes anxiety-producing. But just in terms of emotionally and as an artist, I think it's always important then during those times to recognize that this is another time to develop another piece of your craft and to be okay with it. And so I, I actually was doing all of these things that I'm sitting here, you know, telling your listeners about, but I mm-hmm. wasn't allowing myself to enjoy them because I was so oh. focused on what wasn't happening at the time. Yes. So I was yeah. like, Staying creatively fulfilled, I, I was, you know, falling in love and having an incredible experience with my now fiancé and really being mm-hmm. able to spend a ton of time with him and learning from him, to, like really giving that relationship a lot of energy, which I wouldn't have been able to do if I was crazy busy working because we were long distance at the time. And I was wow, also yeah. in acting class and working on my own short film and things like that. And so I just didn't recognize that I could be okay with not, with not working. And right. then it wouldn't have been so challenging. It wouldn't have been a challenge. It would have just been like, oh, this is where I'm at right now. So it was a shift that I didn't recognize at the time. Now I see it. And right. the last podcast I did, to... I hadn't gone through that yet, really. Very true. Very true. Yeah, that chunk of time. Always... I mean, go ahead. Sorry. It's... Sorry, it's it's always easy to see it after the fact, but I think a good metaphor that I've heard is is that there's seasons of life, and so maybe that was the winter, but like you said, yes. you started planting seeds, and now I feel like you're coming into a new spring, and and that means a, a new harvest and a new time for another season coming up. It's I mean. It more eloquently with a, a beautiful analogy, and now it's now I'm like ultra busy and nonstop. <laughs> And, but, you know, I'm, I, I'm, you know, personally, I'm planning a wedding and I'm, we're settled into this new space. And so everything is in place for me to now really be, you know, the seeds have definitely been planted and now I'm, I'm, I'm nonstop. So, which is great. 
and it presents challenges in other ways. So I'm, I, w- I would say that I think one thing as I get older, I am, I, it's funny, you know, to be really vulnerable for your listeners. I had like a, I have been kind of go, 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 go. And I had a little mini, a, a mini breakdown this morning. I just, I don't know what it was. I was sitting down to meditate and all of this anxiety came up and the to-do list and realizing that I have a little overcommitted and all this stuff. And I just got a little snippy and then I just needed to have a cry. And I, yeah. I like, okay, I'm in a place in my life where now looking back at the past is not something that brings up regret or holds me back but now I'm looking back to the past to go okay what are the lessons I have learned like during periods mm-hmm. of this harvesting and go 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 time when the dance is like the music is fast and the energy yes. is high and what I'm doing right now is, is going okay where where are places where I can be in the flow of all that real busyness and where I get to slow down and say no to certain things so that I can have moments to create a space yes. to breathe um so that's kind of the balance that I'm that I'm striking right now, or or in in the process of, in the dance of it. Yes. <laughs> in the midst. And thank you for sharing that because I think it's so tempting and so easy to just assume that you know people we see on the screen and you're definitely in the forefront and and becoming more and more visible. You know, to just assume that everything is fine and dandy on the back end, right. and mm-hmm. and to remember that. <laughs> you know, you have a past, we all have past, and that, you know, we're all working through the day-to-day, no matter what it is, it's all relative, our challenges, and and it's never going to be, you know, perfect for anyone. So that's a great reminder, though, too, of just to settle in, and yeah. that's part of the ride. I mean, every chapter is, is part of the contrast, and if we didn't have the dark, we wouldn't appreciate the light, and vice versa. Yeah. I also, you know, am recognizing, like anything in in life, I see the areas that instead of looking at things like, oh, I, I get to grow here, or mm-hmm. oh, I'm not perfect here, it's an, oh, okay, this is a little area where I'm still learning. And I mm-hmm. said that to my, my fiancé, Chris, this morning. I said, as, or Critter, <laughs> I, said, <laughs> yeah. I said to him this morning, um, you know, it's sometimes hard for me to be, vulnerable that that way with him because I like to think that I'm perfect but I like to feel like I've got everything together at all times and yeah. you know what I don't and when I don't actually cry or let myself just whatever comes feeling at the moment I actually end up being a little snippy and it comes out it'll still come out and I'm sure it people does, can relate yeah. to that it comes out it comes out in different <laughs> ways people either it comes out by like you know we act it we act out and so I'm, instead of acting out just just like, you know, crying a little bit and getting a hug and saying, I don't know why I'm feeling this anxiety, but this is, this is where I'm at right now. And so it's, I think that that's, that's important. And I know that's a part of the recognition in that moment of, okay, you know what, this is an area where I'm growing still. And I'm going to, I hope I feel that on the day I die. (laughs) You know, I don't ever want to feel like, well, that's all wrapped up and tied in a I bow. I don't, I don't, yeah. I want to feel like even I'm learning something every single day. So, and that's, I, I think that's a great point. We all have pressure that builds up and we, if it's a slow leak, then it's going to come out, like you said, in, in snippy or, you know, ways that kind of bring toxicity to lots of different areas of life. But if we allow ourselves right. that safe space, just break down and be vulnerable with with mm-hmm. someone or with ourselves where it's safe. Yeah. 
then yeah. it becomes a non-issue to some extent. You know, we can move past it so much quicker. And yeah, <laughs> for sure. So. And I don't. I haven't really practiced that. I mean, that's something that I have to practice and and remind myself to do because, especially during the busy times, because it is mm-hmm. so go 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 go. So that's a a lesson and a a, a journey that I, I think I'm always on, and I, I think I've gotten a little bit better at it. Like this morning, for example, it didn't turn into you know a fight between me and and Chris or you know a, something where I'm like super upset with myself, but just, just a little like, okay, no, all right. And then just to go back and, and go, all right, how can I manage this now? Like now that I've had the release. So. Yeah. Yeah. My brother calls it emotional house cleaning. And I think it's good just to reorganize every now and then and get rid of things that don't serve us and look at the things we need to do and, and then, yeah, move forward. But yeah, like exactly. A little, a little emotional, a little quick three minute emotional <laughs> house cleaning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, just to get back into the the work mode, because I know that, you know, one thing that I think is a, a tricky or a slippery slope is to start to think that work is, is compartmentalized from, you know, our love life or our social life and our spiritual life mm-hmm. and all these different things, but there are these different silos. But the more mm-hmm. I'm talking to people, the more I'm finding that they're so interconnected. I mean, your life is is kind of trying on other people's personalities, right? And so, at least in the acting side. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Knowing, knowing that and then being able to have your own life separate, do you feel like the, the lessons that you're learning personally are contributing to what you bring to oh, your Oh, okay, okay. Well, okay, so I, I don't feel, I feel like acting is actually, I, I, I like what you're saying, trying on, uh, I never heard, that put that way and I, I like that trying on different personalities but actually and I agree to that to a certain extent but the way to answer your question the way uh, my personal life and life lessons that I learn as Alexis contribute to myself as an actor playing other people is that in every role the best way to make the role so authentic is to find you in every role and to find mm. the role inside of you if, and so that seems a little esoteric and kind of abstract. So what I mean is, and, and my acting teacher so that my acting teacher, Howard Fine, has such eloquent ways of saying it. But my point is, is that there's some little bit of every role in all of us. So even yeah. though I don't like to say that I am very similar to, and I can say this because I'm not inside a theater, Lady Macbeth, I don't, right. I don't <laughs> and those of you who don't, haven't read Macbeth, that's okay. You can read a synopsis of it and realize real fast that Lady Macbeth does a few things in her life that I will never do in mine. <laughs> like, um, one of them being murdered. And so as an actor, you know, even though I can't ever say that I can literally relate to that because I've never, I will never go through, I, I, I hope to never go through those experiences that this character actually has. Mm-hmm. I, we all know what it feels like to hate something or to want something so badly. And that's really what this, that character is about. Mm, um, yeah. Her, like, intense ambition. And she's a, this character, and I'm using this as an example because it's kind of an extreme example and also one that I think a lot of pe- people might know. She's, like, a man trapped in a woman's body, and she's super ambitious, and she basically wishes she was a man because she can't, so she has to go through her husband, Macbeth, to get, done what she wants to get done and then he doesn't even really do it the way she wants him to do it so she has to do it herself so it's like um 
so, for example, if I was playing that role, and the circumstances aren't literally something that I would go through, but just the the emotional piece of it is a part where is where I can fit things that I have learned in my life too. Yeah. So they're kind of akin to each other. So it always happens in whatever you know the role I'm playing now in Recovery Road, which is going to be coming out next year on ABC Family. Is um, her name is Cynthia and. She's a guidance counselor, and mm-hmm. which is something that I always, I'm always, my friends are always coming to me for advice. I've always been that person. And my mom, like I said earlier, my mom's a psychologist, so the fact that I'm playing guidance counselor is not, <laughs> the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And so um, what I, yeah, it is great. And so what I, she is somebody who is a recovering alcoholic. And what I'm seeing is the 12-step program that this character has gone through and facilitates other people going through is really something that I've done a lot in my life and something that I is important to do like throughout one's life. And even though I've never done the 12 steps specifically, like now I'm doing that for myself. And so little things that I'm learning about myself, I can bring to my character because, you know, I, I'm the one that's playing her. And so whatever, you know, I have faith that I have her thoughts and feelings and when I put myself in the circumstances that she's in, it's, you know, as an actor, you can't separate the things that you've learned as a person from what your character has learned because you're, yeah. you're, you're one. You know what I'm saying? You just have to yeah. put yourself in the character's circumstances and what their frame of mind is in that moment. And maybe they haven't learned those specific things you have learned at that point in their journey. So that's right. another, you know, kind of cool thing to, to look at is to go, oh, okay, yeah, I remember. I know what it's like to be at that place where I haven't quite yet realized, you know, that you can't say hurtful things to people and expect them to do things for you or whatever it is. Like, so does that answer your question? I feel like that was a long answer. <laughs> no, that was great, and I feel like it just gave a a nice peek inside the process because that's yeah. always something. You know, I actually almost majored in theater in college. I did a lot of acting and and dance as well, and I actually was a swing on a on a dance team. So it's funny that you definitely were doing it at a much higher level with Broadway, but the process is such, such an interesting part of the whole thing. And I love getting that backstage view, if you will. Oh, Um, good. Yeah. So, and I do think it's, it's beautiful to see the way you approach the art because I think there's, there's so so much humanity that has to go into it because you can't just play it by the book or textbook and, and expect it to be a real live three-dimensional person, but to really be able to bring your life experiences. And that's something I actually, I was just doing a workshop on performance for a, a choir group in, at the University of New Mexico. And really getting into that point where not just in performance, but in life to realize that every experience we have can contribute to the art that we make. And that no, no situation has ever, I mean, as bad as it may seem, it gives us a touch point to the humanity of, of whatever we're trying to convey or create. Yeah, um, absolutely. And mm-hmm. I love that, that, you know, every aspect, you know, even, even the hard stuff becomes a blessing once we, we realize it. And sometimes it's like you said, it's after that season is over that we realize how good that really was for our growth totally. and for the opportunity. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. And I also think that part of it is just, you know, learning to bring light to everything. And kind of when you learn those lessons, you go, damn, you know, if I had only known now, then 
they're la- kind of laugh about it because that's that's part of the point of, of life is that we don't always see it in the moment. You need distance from things to see it. And so having that distance really, like when you see a character, when you're kind of the first stages of learning about who a character is that I'm about to play, you kind of have distance from the character already naturally. And so the whole point is to close the gap of that distance. And in order to do that, you have to bring yourself to it because otherwise you're playing a two-dimensional character as opposed to a three-dimensional character. And so the way to close that gap is to bring your own life into it. And sometimes then the character, you know, becomes something even different from what you thought it was in the first place. And that's why the way, you know, I always tell people who are studying acting and who are learning audition technique and stuff is that, like, you don't have to worry about being unique because if you bring yourself to it, it's going to be different than the way another person does it. Absolutely. Like you don't have to go try to be clever about it because there really isn't anybody else like you. There's no other you. So if you just bring you to this character, it's going to be unique, period, because there's no other you. Right. So, and actually, I've had – that's it, done. Um, yeah. I've talked to a lot of people who, when we talk about just bring yourself to the art or bring yourself to the dance or to the craft, you know, I get the response that, well, I don't – I don't know who I am enough to bring it, you know, and, and so that becomes right, that's right, why right. I'm trying to to be someone that I admire in the art or something like that. But what mm-hmm. how would you or what was your process too, I'm curious to know, of, of finding yourself, quote unquote, and being able to bring that to the craft. Um well I I, I feel like life is kind of you know, I, I don't even I don't know that I've found myself yet because I think we're always evolving. So it's, it's like I'm always on a journey of not necessarily finding myself because I don't want to feel like I'm chasing something, but I'm still learning new things because I'm constantly evolving. Like anybody who does gardening, like your garden, you do your, your, you know, your garden is in spring, you're tending to it, it's beautiful, it's blooming, winter happens. You may plant the same things the next year, but it's going to look different. It's the same garden. It's still your garden. It's still the same plants that you, you planted, but it's a different, it's a different climate. It's a different, a little bit of a different soil. The sun is going to be a little different. So I think that's one thing to know is for people who feel like maybe in the moment, like I don't know who I am. That's, that's actually an awesome place to be. Then you get to start to discover yourself. And I think one really good way to look at, to think about that is to start thinking, how would I, how would I date myself? How would I, Mm. If I was trying, if I was meeting me and I wanted to date me, what would that, you know, and you can kind of start that way. Like, and I'm serious. My, my mom used to tell me that. My mom used to say that one tool she uses in cognitive therapy, she does cognitive behavioral psychology, is to talk to yourself. So I grew up as a kid always talking to myself. I'd be like, <laughs> okay, Alexis, you, you know, not to say that, you know, you want to, you want to go out to dinner and sit there by yourself and talk to yourself and think that <laughs> then people are going to look at you like you're, like you're crazy. Um, but I think that can come in the form of journaling or, or yeah. you can talk out loud. Like I talk to myself a lot in the, in the car, fine by myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> or you can, you can call a friend and just like say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure, you know, it, it can come out in organic ways. I think part of 
for those people who feel like they don't know who they are is that they're just not really listening to themselves yeah. because you're, you're always expressing who you are all day long. You're just perhaps not aware that you're doing that. So when you're on a date with somebody and you're trying to get to know them, you're, you're really doing everything you can to listen to them because you're, you're trying to figure them out. It's the same thing with yourself. Listen to what you say. Notice how you react to things and start to get to know yourself in that way and then go, okay, is this, is this person who I am in alignment with really what I want? If, if you notice that you're snapping a lot lately or that your thoughts go to a negative place, you, if that's what you want in life, then there you are. Great. But if, if you're like, this is making me you know, feel a certain way or not happy or whatever, then that's a great way to go, okay, how can I, what can I do to shift that? And so I think, yeah, a lot of it is just, if you want to get to know who you are, just pay attention to yourself. You know, mm-hmm. your, wherever your attention flows, abundance grows. Like, that's really true. If you're putting your attention on certain things, like, you, the energy will be there. So I think spending time by yourself, you know, um, taking yourself on a road trip, you know, spending a day at a hike by yourself, going to the movies by yourself, spending a day, go, like, go have dinner by yourself. Notice your thoughts, you know, like you would when you go out and date somebody. That's like, well, I guess that would be my advice. I love that. I think it's, it's so important, especially in, I actually have a blog post that I wrote on, on the importance of solo time. And that's totally it. I mean, we're either always on or in our phones or listening to music or connected somehow or texting people. I mean, it's, especially nowadays, yeah. it's so rare to see people actually just be with themselves. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and actually, that whole idea of talking to yourself, before I even had the podcast, for years I've done this, while I drive and I pretend I'm on like David Letterman or Conan or Jimmy Allen and, and I interview myself as a, mm-hmm. as a, you know, great. a guest on the show. And, and I do, I mean, it's super silly and I haven't actually admitted that out loud before. But uh, <laughs> I love that. I'm going to start doing that. I love it's it. so fun. And, and just to get in that mode of you know, happy banter and answering and telling short quips, little stories, or anecdotes that are funny and are having, I don't know, just an interesting conversation. And then no wonder I'm so excited about getting to have these conversations all the time. But it's so important. And just to... Like you said, listen to your thoughts and yeah. and examine. Really just make it a little laboratory and, you know, what do I want to keep and what do I don't? It's getting to decorate your personality and who you are. Yeah, intention. And also it starts to, that there, there's a lot of freedom in spent, being able to spend time by yourself. You know, there are tools of learning how to, you know, like you're saying, you wrote this blog post, tools of, of learning how to spend that solo time. And the more solo time you spend with yourself, obviously, the more you get to know yourself. So those tools, I think, are tools that you can go back to at different places in your life because you're going to be constantly, we are, you know, I am constantly changing. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's a reminder to have to, to, to go back to them when something feels like, oh, this feels different. I feel differently. Okay, great. Like time to, time to spend some solo time, take some inventory, taking inventory yeah. really. Inventory. I love that. I once dated a guy who told me that he hated being by himself. And that was a huge red flag because it just showed me how much he was actually scared to be alone with his thoughts. And, mm-hmm. and when you're scared to be by yourself, if you're the person that you spend your whole life with, then why not invest some time and make it an interesting place to be? You know, because ultimately we can have friends and lovers and whomever, but 
you know, you can't guarantee that they're always going to be there. You only have right. you right. and your thoughts and who you are. So right. I, Absolutely. I love that. I love that. To be somebody who didn't like to spend time by myself, just I, I did not, I did not, I actually had to learn that. And that's something that I feel like I've learned really in the last five years. So, you know, oh, I'm really? 34 now, so this is definitely like a new thing for me. I wasn't somebody in my 20s who I, I, I was just was like, I'm a people person and I loved being around people and you know, I would spend time by myself because I kind of always journaled. So I would that or like subway time, like kind of in New York when I was living in New York. But I, I always liked being around people. And that has really changed for me in the last five years. But it was something that I kind of had to learn a little bit later in life. So to your to your younger viewers, like if, if that's not something that you naturally are inclined to, like if it sounds like you were, Molly, because I know you're you're – you're a little younger than me, but I think that that would be something to just experiment with to your younger li- listeners. Like, oh, have I ever spent the day by myself? Um, because yeah. I, I was not somebody who even really thought of that until I realized, until I started to really kind of do a lot more self work. Mm, that's well, it's key too. I think it it just enriches what you bring to the table totally. and can see that too. But and not that being a people person is bad at all. I mean, I can be just as extroverted as the rest of them, but um, right. there's something about kind of enriching who you are to the point where I think you can just humbly be like, yeah, like, I'm I'm really cool. I I like me. I like hanging yeah. with me, you know, and, and get to that point. It's not an ego thing. It's just, you know, that you're comfortable in your own skin and you carry your sense of home and centeredness in you because mm-hmm. you've taken that time, which... Yeah. And carries over into everything, which uh-huh. I love. Well said. That's awesome. Tell me, too, I was, I'm so curious to know more about your path in terms of, did you always know that, I mean, dance is obviously a common thread, but mm-hmm. the acting or I know mm-hmm. you also do a lot of other work on the side with other projects. You know, one of the biggest questions that I get with my work is just people don't know what they love to do. And so... Uh that becomes kind of the point where they stick and then there is no action after that. And they may spend years actually in that mm. analysis paralysis. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I know you've kind of had a clear go at it, but at some point we all have to decide. So I would love to kind of know at one point you made it your own and this became the thing that you really decided you wanted to intentionally go after. Yeah. That's, you know, I feel like I was very lucky in that way because I started dancing so young. But mm-hmm. I think for people who, um, who and I've, I've definitely been asked this question before too, I think a good way to start is to go, okay, what makes you happy? You know, just mm-hmm. to go, what, 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 um, what's something that when you do it, and this is, again, going back to the, you know, noticing, noticing things like, yeah. If, if you're if you're constantly in a, in a in a place of distracting yourself, you're not going to even sometimes notice when you're happy. So it's like, well, what makes you happy? Okay, hanging out with friends, cool. You know, uh, cooking dinner for my kids, okay, awesome. You know, like I think it's like even just kind of starting with something really simple, like what are the things that make you happy, and then from there, like leaning into, all right, so if cooking dinner with my friends is the happiest that I actually feel like I am. I wonder if I can spend a little bit more time doing that on the side. You know, so if I, you know, you have a job, full-time job, and you're not necessarily ready to, like, quit your job to become a chef, fine. I'm not saying to go, like, from zero to 1,000. 
Maybe once a month you organize a dinner party and it becomes like a ritual thing and you start a dinner party club. You know, I don't know. Like, so I think that that is for people. It's thinking it's, it's that I think when people, they go from, okay, well cooking. Yeah. Cooking really makes me happy. I love to cook. Well, why don't you cook more? Well, I don't have time and, have you know, and I and I can't be a chef. It doesn't make enough money. Like people already are starting to think of the the impossibilities. Exactly. So I think yes. you know a good way is to go. Well, guess what? You get to create your own thing. My mom and my stepdad actually did that. I think maybe that's where this example came from. Is they both love to cook, but they're both, you know, I, like I said, my mom's a psychologist. My stepdad is a lawyer, and they mm-hmm. are they work crazy hours. But yeah, they started yeah. a once a month gourmet club, and they have done it for they've. I mean, they've done it for years now, and wow. they have a group of friends, and they all <clears throat> take turns sharing the bulk of the responsibility so it doesn't fall on one person's plate, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> and, and they've done it. I, I really think it's been almost 10 years that they've had this gourmet club, oh and they've God. learned so much. It has enriched them as people. They've traveled more because of it, because, like, the love for a new cuisine has made them want to go to this place. And, oh, wow. and so they turned something that was like a passion that wasn't, you know, into something that really, really brings them joy. And it's become, a, a, you know, another, also a way to, to, to make new friends. And they, um, so they have this little gourmet club. Um, I love that. Yeah. So I don't know if that really answers your question, but definitely starting from what makes me happy. Okay. And then, and then asking, just to keep asking questions. Um, yeah. And the analysis paralysis part, like if you're asking questions to the point that then you don't do anything, I don't really know what the answer to that is either. But some of it, I think, is having a support system around you where you either have accountability or, you know, where you can say to somebody, okay, I've been talking about this for two years that I'm going to, you know, take a pottery class because I, 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 I did it in high school and I loved it and I, you know, Okay, well, great. Uh, you hold me accountable that I'm going to sign up by the end of this month. I'm going to look for a class and sign up. And then you have a friend or your spouse or even your kid, I don't know, holding you accountable yeah. to it. I think we right. need that. The other, the other side of it is maybe asking for support and, like, somebody to come with you to do something. So if you, if oh, you, right. you know, you really love hiking but you kind of feel like you need support in making it a, a routine Ask a friend to come with you. You know, talk to somebody else you know maybe shares a similar passion for you and start a group. So it's a community thing as opposed to just like, I have to figure out what I'm passionate about. It's like, okay, if you, if you build the community, then, then usually something organic comes out of it and you don't even realize that you're discovering yourself or finding your passion. And I actually am a, a big follower of Tony Robbins. And with his step-by-step process, one of the things he shares is never to leave the site of making a goal without taking some kind of action. And so whenever we find ourselves like in that inspired place, which I know like it just kind of sometimes washes over you and all of a sudden you're like, I want to learn how to play the harmonica. And (laughs) you know, whatever it is. And and to just take that moment and say, okay, let me go online and do one step and, and buy one off Amazon or you know, let me right. make a phone call to my friend who I know actually plays harmonica, whatever it is, but to take one baby step to start to make that thing a reality because otherwise that, that wave can come and then it can wash away so yeah. easily. Yeah, and so I, I love if, that though. If you really, yeah. yeah, and if you really love it, then you'll want to do it more and it won't be so much of a, oh, I have to do 
I have to do this, and I said that I was going to do this thing, and, like, it doesn't become something else on your to-do list because you love it, so you want to do it. Like, you know, yoga is something that I love doing. I know someday I'd love to get certified, but one of my biggest dreams is to go to India, and Mm. I don't – yoga isn't something that I put on my to-do list because – I create time for it, and whenever I go, it's not like I, I have to go to yoga or something like that. It's like, no, I, it's never a have to. It's like a, yeah. you know, and I think that comes from, again, uh, the place of, of knowing yourself to the point that you know what those things are that make you happy, and then you just do them. And yeah. if you don't know what makes you happy, then I would tell your listeners, like, that's actually an awesome place to be because then you get to be in discovery mode, and how fun is that? You get to try a bunch of different things with your friends and see and be in, in the mode of, of, hey, what, what, you know, I'm in a different place in my life and certain things that used to make me happy don't anymore. And that's okay. Like, then there's, there's opportunity for discovery. And that's a fun place to be in. Absolutely. I call those blank canvas moments. And it's just you totally. get to create, which is a fun place to be. And all of these, I'll have a chapter about it in my book, but what I call soul cultivators, those things that, like you were mentioning, the garden, it just it fertilizes the garden of your life and brings color to it. So even if you do maintain the lawyer or the psychology job, maybe maybe that cooking thing is what balances out the hard work in that left side of the brain and then you get to go home and be a little right side, you know, and and enjoy that side of rounding out your life a little bit. But all of it adds and balances the whole spectrum of life, which I love. And and for you to have your go-go-go and then to come to a a yoga place and, Mm -hmm. like, focus on breath and being present and, and really in tune with your body in a very thoughtful way versus, you know, mm-hmm. following choreography, I, I can only assume is, is a beautiful breather for your day. Yeah, it really, it really, really is. And I've even, I had to get to a different place in my life where I realized it's okay if I don't make it to class or, you know, I can do an at-home practice. So if I, yeah. you know, I have some time conversations with myself where I, I get very stressed about not enough time. And those are, mm-hmm. this is like a journey that I'm always on is discovering that, that's not true, but that's something that I, I've inherited, I think, from my family is this, like, time crunch thing. So I've learned, like, mm. you know what? You know, it's okay if you don't have an, two hours, like, to go to class and come home and shower, whatever it is. Like, I know a lot of people won't do things because of time. So for your, your listeners who can relate to that, like, yeah. 10 minutes of yoga, like, doing a couple, few vinyasas, 15 minutes, five minutes is better than no minutes. And, like, mm-hmm. I went for a 10-minute run before we started today because I just needed to get out. And, like, I, I shared that I had a little bit of a mini breakdown. I was like, I need to just, I need to walk. I need to get my body, my blood going. And that yeah. really did make all the difference. I didn't have time for a 20-mile run or, you know what I mean? But <laughs> a 10-minute jog, get your body started and metabolism going. And, and you know, if you want to do a longer run some other time, then you create that time for the longer practice or the longer run or whatever it is that, you know, you want to do. Right. There's um, one of my favorite authors talks about how successful people really use those moments, you know, because there's never going to be huge chunks of time. We, we wish right. there were, and sometimes there are, but they're rare. And so when we take those little steps to do a quick run or stretch it out or meditate for two minutes or one minute before a conference call or 
you know, just yep. fitting that stuff in breaks down the day and, and brings it to a normal speed of life when we're going crazy, which I love. And I think that's a great yeah. a great tip for anyone who's go 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 all the time. Really yep. take care of yourself. Absolutely. Love that. Yeah. We're kind of in the wrap up zone here, but what would you say inspires you? Is it people or do you go to certain books or um videos or anything like that? Where do you go for inspiration? Oh, you know, <laughs> this is this is something that I can't actually believe I'm, I'm saying this, but, well, people, for sure. People, like, just yeah. eyes open, listening. I think the more I shut my mouth and listen, <laughs> I'm inspired <laughs> constantly. Like, I learned something new yesterday on set from about one of my crew guys uh, about his life. But, if, I mean, I, I would never have known this about this guy. He's like a, he's a professional or semi-professional treehouse builder. He went to a, 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 a literally a school. There's, there's treehouses are actually illegal, which is crazy. But so there's like this underground treehouse like contingency, and this guy went to this apprenticeship for it. But he's a he's a sound mixer on the on um on Recovery Road or a boom operator. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> but anyway, and he also like I I just I learned about learned something about this guy that that you know, I would never have known. And he's built elaborate, incredible tree houses for people. He's a master craftsman. Um, oh, and by the and way, I love was, oh, my gosh. Crazy. I mean, I'm, yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, he had um, a major car accident three years ago and almost decapitated himself. Like, I can't even, the story is unreal. His head Whoa. was, like, literally dangling by his muscles, and he didn't sever the nerves and, this guy fully recovered and he has seven vertebrae fused and he's still Whoa. building tree houses. Like he really almost literally was almost decapitated. So wow. anyway, um, that was an inspiration yesterday. Like, <laughs> I think, I think it, it means like, so for the me, it's the inspiration. I find inspiration by listening and then receiving what those people are saying. Like that could have just been like small talk and I could have been, thinking about all my things to do and to-do lists and wh- what I have to do, me, 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 and I could have missed the moment with this man. Not only just the, the sheer joy that I saw in him of somebody taking an interest in him and listening, yeah. but also, like, hello, like, that you can't get any more inspiring than, oh, by the way, I was almost decapitated in an accident three years ago, and I'm a master. Like, I mean, I was like, wow. I mean, okay, you're amazing. And so, yeah, and then the other thing is I find that I sometimes on social media, so this is why I was going to say I can't believe I'm going to say this, like I'm happy with the curation of my social media because my friends are always posting amazing articles or videos and things, and so I do find a lot of inspiration from what people share, blogs, videos. Recently I saw, you know, somebody in my women's group shared a, po- uh, a speech that Lena Dunham had given about her being raped and like that was inspiring and mm. my friends are always finding amazing things and sharing amazing things that that they're discovering so I, I, I do use social media as a, a way to be inspired and as less less so than like a way to escape or be a voyeur mm. to people's life like that's that and that's an intentional curation that I've done especially recently of like who am I actually following on Twitter and what right. what do I click on in news feeds and, and um and things like that. So that that's a way to be inspired. Um I think also being out in nature is like for me always inspirational because I find so much beauty in it that 
I always leave a walk or a hike just feeling so, I don't know, like there's a sort of deeper connection to it all that I can't even begin to fathom and I'm okay with that and I just like feel inspired by being a human on this planet. (laughs) I love that. It's so simple and yet Mm -hmm. how much are we actually outside? It's very rare, I think, for a lot Mm -hmm. of people. So Yeah. I love that. Just listen. Listen to yourself. Listen to other people. Mm -hmm. That's definitely a big theme. Well, what would you say you're most grateful for today? Oh, gosh. Really, today I'm I'm really grateful for where I live. I live in in a, a beautiful area of the world. I live in Santa Monica, and I love it here. I've recently moved here, and I really find it so peaceful. And I'm grateful for my loving soon-to-be husband. I, I just I think he's the best person in the world, and I'm mm. grateful every moment for this incredible partner and person that he is. So, yeah, I'm always grateful for him. There's, I just like I could go on nonstop. Like I'm so grateful for this wedding we're planning. I'm grateful for <laughs> this incredible job that I have right now. I mean, my life is pinch me perfect right now, and and I and I and I. <laughs> I'm using that for alliteration because there's never anything perfect about anything, you know, uh, hence why I had a little bit of a breakdown this morning. But but I just mean, like, I really do have moments where I want to pinch myself because I'm so focused on being present to how flowing and beautiful and amazing everything is right now, and I'm I'm just really very grateful for it because I know it could change at any moment. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And. And even if it did, you know, that would be, I'm sure, a blessing on the on the journey as well. But how good to just flood yourself with that gratitude all the time. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for asking yeah. that question. Of course. Uh-huh. That's one of my favorites. And that leads me to my other favorite question, which is, how would you define living your dance? Hmm. I think it's, to me, dance is, and I might actually cry. <laughs> That's okay. I think dance is, you cannot think ahead when you're, when, when you're dancing. And I know for you as a dancer, like especially as a powerful woman, like letting a man lead and being in that dance of like, and I don't mean that in like, you know, in order for it to work, you have to kind of be right there with him. Yeah. But I would say that for me, it's, it's literally living moment to moment to moment. And dance is also to me about weight exchange. Like where's my weight and how does that fall into the next thing? And so for me, it's like how do I – life happens like in the the transitions. And how we move through those transitions is, I think, really a bigger part to our happiness than the actual goals that we get that that we're achieving, if that makes sense. So like – Absolutely. As a dancer, the, the, like, the prep into a big leap or the, like, the plie before, you know, the batma or whatever it is, those, if those, those are, like, the juicy moments that we don't share about or focus on as much because we're so ready to get to the big thing. Right. So I right. feel like as I get older, I'm really learning to pay attention to those, the transition moments and love through them and celebrate those moments and even when they're sticky like that that's really where the dance is happening it's in the transition oh, I love that I love that and if we think about it 
you know, the the percentage of dance that is the transition versus the flashy stuff. We're in those moments of transition so much more. And if we don't enjoy them, then we're missing the whole dance or a big part of it, which I love. That's a great insight. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're well, um, <laughs> for, for anyone who follows what you're up mm-hmm. to or your work or your projects, how do they find you online? Well, I have a website. It's alexiscara.com, A-L-E-X-I-S-C-A-R-R-A.com. And that you can follow me. All my links are on there, like Facebook and Twitter. I'm at Alexis Kara on Twitter, so at Alexis A. Kara for Instagram. And I also curate a blog for a women's group that I'm a part of called The New Hollywood. And so we're at the thenewhollywood.org uh, um, slash blog. But we didn't really get to touch on that, but I'm, I'm, I'm a part of a, a women's goal and philanthropy group, and so I, I help curate the content for our blog. So you can read more about that on my website or on our, thenewhollywood.org. Awesome. I'll, I'll link to all of those on the show notes, and thankfully, because of you, Lex, I got to be a guest poster yeah. on that blog. It's a great blog. I went through and read some of the past posts, and Lex is great, introspective, good question blogs, and just some really good, thoughtful content on there. So we'll yeah, definitely make sure you. there's a link to that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for making this work and squeezing me into your very busy schedule. It is my. It really is my honor. It's been. Uh, I've received more than you than you can imagine. So, thank you for asking me, Molly. Your listeners are very lucky to be following you because you are an exceptional woman. Thank you. It takes one to know one. That's for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again, and we will talk soon I'm sure okay love you Molly thank you love you too bye bye well there you have it thanks again for listening and be sure to like share and comment on the podcast or around social media hashtag live your dance and look forward to more episodes coming your way Have a great day and be sure to live your dance.